Hey, everybody, welcome. It is Sunday night, November 29, and, and uh, I am trusting that y'all had a good Thanksgiving. Um, I don't know what it was like where you live, but I know where I live. We weren't supposed to meeting with be meeting with large groups, not supposed to stay out past or t uh, after uh, 10 o'clock, uh, but we did all that stuff anyways. Uh, hey, let's get going. Uh, and uh, our next stop, obviously, is Christmas, but between now and Christmas and whatever lockdowns and crazy things happen, listen, we are keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. And we're going to see what the Bible has to say. So tonight we are continuing in Daniel chapter 11. And we're going to be looking at the subject of Antichrist through the type of person uh, that was Antiochus, Antiochus Epiphanes. And with that, the title of our message for tonight is, You Can Recognize Antichrist. Now, I want to say this before we get going. A lot of people say, well, Pastor Tom, why would we really even care uh, who Antichrist is? Uh, we shouldn't be looking to Antichrist or looking at him. Listen, I get all of that. <clears throat> our hope is in Jesus Christ. I'm looking for the return of Jesus Christ. I'm looking for Jesus to call us home. But at the same time, the Bible gives us different uh, delineating factors about Antichrist, his characteristics, uh, certain things he's going to do. So why does the Bible do that? Listen, I believe that we're supposed to study all of the Bible. Hence, you have a whole lot of people out there uh, that say you shouldn't even study any Bible prophecy. Uh, but over 25% of the Bible is Bible prophecy. And a small portion of that includes who Antichrist is, his characteristics and some of the things that he's going to do. And for some reason, God wants us to understand even these parts of the Bible. And not only that, but consider this. There are those that are going to be here during the tribulation period. And they're going to hear messages like this. Even people watching this right now, there's going to be some that don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. They're not going to be caught up in the rapture, but they're going to hear this. And during the tribulation period, they're going to be able to recognize who Antichrist is. You're going to have friends or relatives that don't know Jesus, uh, but they're going to be warned through teachings like this and what the Bible has to say, who Antichrist is. They're going to be able to recognize them and go, oh, that's the person that we are not supposed to bow to. That's the person we are not supposed to receive the mark of that person and worship the image of the beast. I've heard about that guy. So hence we teach on these things. And, and what if I was wrong on the timing of the rapture? Far be it from me, but, but what if there wasn't a pre-tribulation rapture? Well, you'd be well informed going into the tribulation period. Now, I know that just upset a whole lot of people. I firmly believe in the pre-tribulation rapture, but just to stir the pot, I thought I'd throw out there for some of your discussion on the comments. But let's get going. Regarding Antichrist, a friend of mine, Jeff Kinley, has a book out. It's called Interview with Antichrist. His Hour Has Come. It's an excellent book. Jeff is an outstanding teacher. It's a great book. And in this book, you learn a lot. It takes you through, uh, it, through uh, certain characteristics of Antichrist. Ask questions and then answer them. And uh, you can get that on Antichrist. Uh, Amazon and also on Jeff's uh, website. And I don't make any money by promoting this book, but I just wanted to give you some help if you're interested in, uh, in the subject regarding Antichrist. But with that, consider this. As we're in uh, Daniel chapter 11, chapter 11 of Daniel is about various kings that arose uh, 
before the king, before Alexander the Great came along, then after Alexander the Great, excuse me, uh, including how the kingdom of Alexander the Great was split up. And then we left off with uh, one of the kings who came about Antiochus, uh, the last one who, who uh, sought to persecute the Jewish people, Antiochus Epiphanes. And we are learning a little bit about Antiochus Epiphanes when we left off in Daniel chapter 11, uh, where we left off in verse 28. And tonight we're going to continue from there, verses 29 through 35, and we're going to learn more about uh, Antiochus Epiphanes. But with that, we're going to learn about Antichrist, because there's certain characteristics that Antiochus has, that Antichrist also has. In fact, you can build a very strong case in the Bible that Antiochus Epiphanes was a type of Antichrist. So we're going to be looking at verses 29 through 35. And in verse 35, you're going to see it when we get there towards the end of this message, that verse 35 makes the switch from Antiochus and the type of Antiochus, uh, type of Antichrist that Antiochus is, to, in verse 35, switching to the kingdom, the final kingdom of Antichrist. Uh, but let's get going. Uh, consider some of the characteristics we learned about Antiochus so far, and each of these characteristics are also found in Antichrist. Verse 21 told us in Daniel chapter 11 last time that he's a vile person. He also comes in peace. He is full of deceit. He's a man of war. He pretends friendship. And he comes out of a humble background. Uh, and last time uh, we, uh, we left off, as we learned that Antiochus and Antichrist attack God's people. So we have these characteristics already, but let's get going with, we have these six characteristics uh, already, but let's get going from here as number one, Antiochus attacks the Jews. You can actually say Antiochus and Antichrist attack the Jews, uh, but look at this, uh, beginning in verse 29, the Bible says this of Daniel chapter 11, at the appointed time he shall return and go toward the south, but it shall not be like the former or the latter, for ships from Cyprus shall come against him, therefore he shall be grieved, and return in rage against the Holy Covenant, and do damage. So he shall return and show regard for those who forsake the Holy Covenant." Verse 31, and forces shall be mustered by him, and they shall defile the sanctuary fortress. So what would the sanctuary be here in verse 31, if you're following along with me uh, with your Bible? Well, the sanctuary obviously is talking about the temple in Jerusalem. So... He's going to defile the sanctuary fortress, and then they shall take away the daily sacrifices and place there the abomination of desolation. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery, but the people who show, who, who know their God, excuse me, will be strong and carry out great exploits. Verse 33, and those of the people who understand shall instruct many, yet for many days they shall fall by the sword and flame by captivity and plague. Let's stop there, and then we'll get to the last two verses uh, before we're done here. Uh, but with this, what is this speaking of here? This is speaking of, actually, is speaking of Hanukkah, well, Antiochus Epiphanes, when he commits the committed the abomination of desolations in the past against the Jews. We're going to look at that in just a minute. And then the miracle of Hanukkah and, and the lamps burning with the oil for eight days. We briefly touched on that last time. Listen, next time we're going to get into the 
those details. I'm excited about that. I'm going to have a guest next Sunday night. We're going to look at the Maccabean revolt. We're going to look at, ha at Hanukkah. We're going to look at what Antiochus Epiphanes did and why it matters today. And we're going to see why even Jesus uh, celebrated the Festival of Lights and uh, why we have Hanukkah today and what's going to be happening in the future. It's going to be a great time as I interview my guest. That's next Sunday night. But that's ultimately uh, the primary thing that's going on here in verses 29 through 33. Speaking of the time when Antiochus uh, desecrates the temple, the holy place, the sanctuary, commits the abomination of desolation, and there you have the Maccabean revolt, and then, uh, and then you have uh, also during that time the Jews that were being persecuted. But keep this in mind, as it was with Antiochus, so it will be with Antichrist. So this is where we start seeing things. If you can see how Antiochus worked, you can see how Antichrist is going to work. So number one, Antiochus and Antichrist uh, favor the Jews who reject the truth. As we previously noted with Antiochus, he was charismatic, he was full of flattery, and here we see him winning over a certain Jews. Look at verse 30 again. For ships from Cyprus shall come against him, therefore he shall be grieved and return in rage against the Holy Covenant and do damage. Uh, so sh uh, he shall return and show regard for those who forsake the Holy Covenant. Interesting. He's going to show favor to those who forsake the Holy Covenant. Forsaking the Holy Covenant, who's this talking about? This is talking about Jews who have rejected the God of the Bible. Uh, so Antiochus, during his reign, for the Jews who forsook God and the Bible and the temple, he made them part of his kingdom, part of his administration, you might call it. Uh, they, they, they worked for him, and they worked together. And then also in verse 32, it tells us here, those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. So you have these Jews, verse 30, who forsook the covenant during the time of Antiochus Epiphanes. And then here, we pick up in verse 32, and we find out that there's those who even did wickedly against God and the things of God and the, and, uh, and the beliefs of, the, of Judaism, and he moved and got them on his side by flattery. Again, these are characteristics that Antichrist is going to have, and the same type of thing is going to develop during the last days in the time of, of uh, Antichrist, just like he did with Antiochus. Think of this. There's going to be Jews who are going to forsake the covenant, Judaism. They're not going to want anything to do with it. They're not going to want anything to do with Israel. And they're actually going to, by flattery, they're going to be won over to uh, team up with Antichrist. It's, it's absolutely fascinating as you see what happened with Antiochus, and you can tell what Antichrist is going to do. Listen, Antichrist will be more charismatic than any person who ever lived. He's going to be loved, and he's going to be worshipped. The book of Revelation even tells us that he is going to be able to perform miracles. He's going to win people to his side, except underneath his winsome exterior, he will be the most wicked man that ever existed. And there will be many a Jewish people who will buy into the lies of the Antichrist, and sadly, many will be deceived. In fact, Zechariah chapter 13 
seems to lead us to believe that two-thirds of the Jews will not follow the Lord, and instead they seem to be deceived. Zechariah says this in chapter 13, it shall come to pass in all the land, that's speaking of the land of Israel, says the Lord that two-thirds in it shall be cut off and die, but one-third shall be left in it. Uh, we'll get to the one-third in a few more minutes, but two-thirds of the Jews, they're going to be rejecting the Lord. What happened with Antiochus? They forsook the covenant, and they even did wickedly against the covenant. Uh, but let me ask you this. Do you see this type of thing developing within the Jewish community worldwide today? You see a couple of different things developing. One of them we're going to look at right here. And then the flip side of this is uh, what is going the other direction, which to me is absolutely fascinating. But look at this. Here's this article. A lot more Jews are anti-Zionists than you think. Now we think, well, the, how could that possibly be? Are there really Jews who think that uh, Jews don't have right to the land of Israel? You better believe there are. There's some over in Israel, but there are a whole lot of Jews in the Western world, uh, especially between Europe and America, that think Jews shouldn't have, don't have anything to do with Israel. You hear some of the things coming out of Hollywood. You see or hear some things coming out of the Democrat Party, out of some Jews in the Democrat Party, and it's. T to me, it's extremely bothersome. I, I don't understand that at all. And then you think of George Soros. He's Jew. He, he doesn't want anything to do with the Jewish people uh, and the nation of Israel. And you look at some of the things that he has done. And then you, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, the leader of Facebook, and you, you hear, wow. So you have this. In, the, in that article, again, a lot more Jews are anti-Zionists than you think, than most people think. And you think, well, that seems so strange. Uh, this is one of the things that I realized when I'm over in Israel. When you're over in Israel, it seems to be about two-thirds of the Israeli Jews love Israel and they love the land, but you still have, it seems like, about one-third who don't like the Jews, uh, who, 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 for whatever reason, they have an issue with the Jews being a land, although they're Jewish. I, I can't figure that one out. But here in America, it's, it's a larger portion. At least two-thirds of the Jews in America seem to think from the Poll, various polls that I've read that the Jews don't have the right to the land of Israel. And, and uh, then we get into the, the Palestinian occupation and all this other stuff. And I look at this and they go, man, uh, fascinating. But then you see how things developed in the time of Antiochus and how things we know biblically, because what the Bible says, are going to develop during the tribulation period in the time of Antichrist. So let's move on. Uh, so number one was Antiochus or Antichrist favor the G and Antichrist favor Jews who reject the truth. Likewise, number two, Antiochus and Antichrist commit the abomination of desolation. Again, verse 31, if forces shall be mustered by him, and they shall defile the sanctuary fortress, and they shall uh, take away the daily sacrifices and place there the abomination of desolation. So Antiochus, what did he do? He got forces uh, together, and they went in. They destroyed the temple. They just, they just made a mockery of it, committed the abomination of desolation with the forces that he had with them. But what's going to happen? Antichrist is going to do the same thing. When, when Antiochus turned in rage against the Jews, not only did he torture and kill many of them, he also sacrificed pigs on the altar and required the temple priests to carry out the sacrifices. And not just one 
once. He had done it over and over again. And then we're told in history that he erected a statue, an idol of the god Zeus, who's the, who's, uh, the god of Satan, in the Holy of Holies. But so too, as Antiochus did this in chapter 11, verse 31 of the Bible, we know that Antichrist is also going to do this. We don't know exactly what the abomination is or abominations are that Antichrist is going to commit in the temple. So there's going to be a temple that's going to be built. He's going to commit these abominations of desolations. We don't know exactly what they are, but the Bible does tell us. Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate. This also is what Jesus was speaking of in Matthew chapter 24, beginning in verse 15, where Jesus said, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken up by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place. Whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Uh, so people will say, look, Antiochus in, in Daniel chapter 11 committed the abomination of desolation. And in Daniel chapter 9, that's, what, uh, that's what's going on. There is no future Antichrist that's going to commit an abomination of desolation. Well, wait a minute. Jesus said there in Matthew chapter 24, Gabe, can you pull it up again? Look what he said here in Matthew chapter 24. When you see the abomination of desolation spoken up by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Listen, think of that. Spoken up by Daniel the prophet. Daniel the prophet is reading. Jesus is referring to Daniel chapter 9. When Antiochus committed the abomination of desolation, that was almost 200 years before Jesus was even born. So you look at that. So Jesus is projecting to something in the future. When you see it take place, that hasn't happened yet. So there, the, as Antiochus committed an abomination of desolation, so too Antichrist is going through Daniel chapter 9 tells us, and likewise Matthew chapter 24 tell us, and I'll tell you this much, Jesus knows a lot more than any of those naysayers and, and those theologians out there that say there's not going to be an antichrist, there's not going to be an abomination of desolation. Listen, who am I going to believe, the naysayers, or am I going to believe Jesus? I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to believe uh, what Jesus has to say on, on, on all of these matters. Uh, so number one, Antiochus and Antichrist both favor Jews who reject the truth. Antiochus and Antichrist commit the abomination of desolation. Antiochus and Antichrist murder Jews who receive Receive the truth. Great persecution is going to come against Jews who receive the truth. Look at this, verse 28. Back up there if you have your Bible at home or wherever it is that you're watching this. While returning to his land with great riches, this is speaking of Antiochus, his heart shall be moved against the holy covenant, so he shall do damage and return to his own land. So his heart is going to be moved against the holy covenant. In other words, against the truth of God's word and the people. People who believe the truth of God's word. Then look at verse 30. Forces shall be mustered by him, and they shall defile the sanctuary. Again, that's the abomination of desolation. And place their, uh, uh, and take away uh, the daily sacrifices. And, excuse me, verse 30, that was verse 31. Uh, verse 30, let's go back there. For ships from Cyprus shall come against him. Therefore he shall be grieved and return in rage again. Look at this, against the holy covenant and do damage. Interesting. 
And then in the next sentence, it says, but he's going to show regard for those who forsake the Holy Covenant. So he's going to do damage against those who receive the Holy Covenant? Hmm. Interesting. He is going to persecute Jews who are believers, who are faithful to God. Verse 33, and those of the people who understand shall instruct many, yet for many days they shall fall by the sword and flame, by captivity and by plundering. Interesting also, isn't it? Again, this is talking about the Maccabean revolt, verse 33. Those of the people who understand will instruct many. There's going to be a revolt. There was a revolt against Antiochus Epiphanes, but also this is going to be happening in the same way in the time of Antichrist. But consider this. History teaches that, as verse 30 tells us, Antiochus was humiliated. It tells us here in verse 30, for ships from Cyprus shall come against him. Those were um, uh, of the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire didn't have the power yet that it was going to grow into, but they were growing stronger and stronger. And Antiochus was humiliated by them in the area of Cyprus. So what happens, verse 30, he's, he's grieved uh, because he's humiliated and he returns in rage against the Holy Covenant. Uh, but you look at this and you think, okay, uh, we have... Um, Verse uh, 32, verse 30, uh, verse 32 says, um, those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits again. That is the Maccabeans, uh, verse 33, and those of the people who understand shall instruct many. Again, that's in the Maccabean revolt. You had these Jews who stood up and said, not so fast. And they stood up against Antiochus Epiphanes. And they pushed back, and they actually got the victory, and hence you enter into the time of Hanukkah and the miracles. But these are Jews who would not forsake the covenant. These are Jews who were devoted to the Holy Covenant, and they stood up and they fought back against that evil empire. Now, we're going to go somewhere else for just a few minutes. I want you to think of this. I mentioned already, you've already seen it. Antiochus is a type of Antichrist. Antichrist is going to come on the scene during the tribulation period. Now what happens during the tribulation period? As it was back in the time of Antiochus with the Maccabeans, there's also going to be Jews that are going to rise up during the tribulation period, and they're going to be pushing back against Antichrist. Did you know that? Uh, you better believe it. In fact, there's going to be a lot of them. There's going to be 144,000 Jewish men that are going to be pushing back against Antichrist. This is unbelievable. Check this out. This is what the Bible tells us. Uh, Revelation chapter 7. Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. These are the angels. Nothing's going to happen until the angels have sealed the servants of God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. Okay, we find out elsewhere in the book of Revelation, there's 12,000 men from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. So 12 times 12,000, you have 144,000 that are sealed. These are servants of God. These are Jewish men during the tribulation period. So this is absolutely fascinating. What happened with the Maccabean revolt? Antiochus is coming. These men rise up, say not so fast. That's what's happening during the, going to happen during the tribulation period with 144,000 of these Jewish men. Revelation chapter 14 tells us, <clears throat> 
about these men. These are the ones who are not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are the ones who follow the lamb wherever he goes. So I'm just going to speculate. I'm going to go out on a limb here for a few minutes and, um, and give you a theory of mine on who uh, these 144,000 men are. Where do they come from? There's 12,000 uh, from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. Um, how do the Jews know who's from each of their 12 tribes? Well, I've heard there's DNA tests and so forth, but people say those are faulty. Those don't really work. You know who does know? God knows uh, who, out of the, who the 12,000 are out of each of the 12 tribes of Israel, and God's going to be able to identify each one of them according to their tribe. But I want you to just think of this with me. Who are they? Okay, look at this picture that you have up here uh, on, your, on your TV. Um, you have a picture of the heredity in Jerusalem. They are uh, praying at the Western Wall. And the Heredi are, are typically pretty easy to identify uh, by their, the clothing that they wear. Uh, both the women have their uh, particular type of clothing, and so do um, the men. But I want you to consider this. There are, according to Wikipedia, 1.8 million Heredi worldwide. According to a Jerusalem Post article uh, from a while back, there are over 1 million Heredi in the nation of Israel alone. So who are the Heredi? The Heredi are um, people who... Uh, who study the Word of God all day. They study the Bible all day long, uh, but they're not believers in Yeshua. Uh, they're not believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, very pharisaical, like the Pharisees of the Bible. Think of it like this. Think of the Apostle Paul, who was a Pharisee of Pharisees, right? He wasn't a believer in Jesus. And then all of a sudden, one day, he got miraculously converted. Uh, his, he was blinded, and then all of a sudden, he could see, and spiritually, he could see. And when the blinders were taken off, he knew that Yeshua, Jesus, was Lord. So think of it like this. During the tribulation period, there's going to be 144,000 Jewish men that are not believers that study the Bible all day right now. They know the Bible, but they haven't gotten to the realization of who Jesus is yet, that he is their Savior. And then all of a sudden, after the rapture, the blinders are going to come off like they did with the Apostle Paul, 144,000 of them. Um, and, and is it possible that these 144,000 Jewish men come out of the uh, Heredi community? Listen, I personally think it's, uh, it's possible, and I also think it's not only possible, I also think it's quite likely. Uh, remember, according to the Bible, these uh, are men who are virgins, uh, they've never known a woman. They're, they're, they, they have to have an understanding of the Bible. And they're separated from the rest of society. Uh, there's nobody else that could fulfill this category. Think of this. Uh, young marriage age Heredi do not date. Uh, if they're eligible, they're in that age <clears throat> where they're eligible. They'll go out for coffee, they'll go out for soda or whatever at a public place. They'll spend hours talking, never kissing, uh, not really doing anything uh, physical. Um, in fact, there's this, this uh, series that I've watched, my wife and I have watched on Netflix called Stitzel. It, it's translated into English for you. It's, it's in uh, Yiddish, and uh, it takes you into a Haredi 
the Haredi community over there in Israel, and you can learn a lot from it. Got a lot of humor in it, too. But I look at this and I think, okay, where are the 144,000 going to come from? Um, most of the Haredi are under the age of 35. There's 1.8 million worldwide, over 1 million in Israel alone, and the Lord is going to choose 144,000 uh, Jewish men that are virgins, that know the Bible, that their blinders are going to come off. Uh, they're not believers yet, but they're going to be believers after the rapture happens. I think if this, you know, I, I can't say for sure, but when you look at where are the 144,000 going to come from, uh, to me, it makes sense that it would be from there because God has to be uh, has to be preparing the people now. Listen, if you think about all the different events that are taking place worldwide right now, we think of the different persecution that's taking place worldwide right now. Um, we think of what's going on with Russia and Iran and Turkey up in the northern part, uh, just north of the northern border of Israel and the threats against Israel. We think of the Abrahamic Accords. Uh, we think of what's going on with globalism. We look at the United States of America. And if you read your Bible, uh, you, you can tell America is not this major player in the last days that it has been. And you start to look at all of the different events that are coming about. Uh, people... Are, are now talking about a cashless society. Well, if you've been studying Bible prophecy, you've been telling people for, for a decades upon decades, hey, this is what's going to happen. There's going to be a cashless society. Everybody's going to receive a mark. You can't buy or sell unless you receive this particular mark. You won't be able to work. You won't be able to do anything. Uh, just a few years ago, people said, oh, you're, you people are just a bunch of conspiracy nuts. And now you look and they go, wow, that stuff was right. And you start to hear about all these different things that are taking place. Listen, if, and also Israel is isolated in the last days. And you start looking and going, wow, everything is happening exactly the way the Bible says it will happen. Well, if God also says there's going to be 144,000 of these Jewish men, 12,000 of each of the 12 tribes of Israel, if we really are as close to the end as it appears, as, as close to the return of Jesus as it, as it appears, then God must be preparing is 144,000 men even right now. So I find this absolutely fascinating when I look at everything that's going on right now. And as it was with the Apostle Paul, who absolutely rejected Christianity and believers or uh, people who are converting over to Christ, so too I've met many of the Heredi. They are not fans of Jesus Christ, nor of, of believers in, in the, uh, uh, believing what you believe if you're a believer in Jesus. It is just fascinating to watch these things develop. Listen, uh, let's get going. Uh, we have a little bit more time. We're al almost to the end. But we look at number three, God purifies Jews who are persecuted. Look at this, verse 33 through 35. The Bible says, and those of the people... Uh, who understand shall instruct many, yet for many days shall fall by the sword and flame by captivity and plundering. So they're going to be persecuted. You can tell that. Those who have understanding, uh, those who know the Lord. Uh, they're going to have trouble. Uh, now, when they fall, they shall be aided with a little help, but many shall join with them by intrigue. Verse 35, as some of those of understanding shall fall to refine them, purify them, and make them white until the time of the end, because it is still for the appointed time. 
time. So what is going to happen? Separate the 144,000 Jews. Uh, the Bible also tells us in Revelation that they are protected, right? They're protected, uh, they're protected Jews. However, the Bible tells us this, back to that passage in Zechariah chapter 13, that uh, two-thirds of the Jews are not going to follow the Lord, uh, but one-third are going to follow the Lord, and there's going to be persecution that's going to come against them. Again, Zechariah chapter 13, it shall come to pass in all the land, says the Lord, that two-thirds in it shall be cut off and die, but one-third shall be left in it. And then goes on and says this, I will bring the one-third through the fire. I will refine them as silver is refined and test them as gold is tested. So again, there's one-third of the Jews, right? Going to be refined. Through the, tested as silver is tested. And test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name, says the Lord, and I will answer them. I will say, this is my people, and each one will say... Uh, the Lord is my God. What will this fire be like for uh, these Jews? Uh, listen, it's not going to be pleasant, all right? Uh, but uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to connect this uh, for you because all of this has a great ending. Uh, listen, Jesus spoke of this time in Matthew chapter 24 after he warned about the abomination of desolation. He said, let them flee into the mountains. Uh, he continues, let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of the house and let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days and pray that your flight may not be in the winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved before the elect's sake. Even uh, those uh, before the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. I look at this and go, it is not going to be pleasant. It's not going to be pleasant for the whole world. Uh, but I want you to understand, uh, think with me through this, uh, what's going on during the tribulation period, uh, also known as the 70th week of Daniel. That 70th week of Daniel is a time that God is working specifically with the Jews again. He is redeeming Israel. In fact, uh, Romans chapter 11, verse 25 tells us, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the time of the Gentiles is full. And then God turns his attention to Israel again. It's not that God ever forgot Israel, but he's working with Israel. He's going to redeem Israel. So this is what's happening during the tribulation period. He's waking up a people and he's shaking up the world. Antichrist, as it was with Antiochus, he went against the Jews. So too, Antichrist is going to go against the Jewish people. There's going to be 144,000 Jewish men that are preaching the gospel, um, but they're going to be protected. However, uh, out of the other Jews, there's two-thirds that forsake the Holy Covenant. God's going to get rid of them, but one-third, one-third of the Jews are going to be, uh, they're going to be uh, pulled out, and God is going to refine them. And some of them, as it was with Daniel here, some of them are going to die, but all of them are going to be refined. They are going to be tested, and they're going to be made ready for the Lord. 
And listen, I, I'm going to say this. This does not sound pleasant. I was having lunch at a cafe in Jerusalem uh, one day with one of my Jewish friends who lives over there. And he, he, he uh, those the things I teach regarding Bible prophecy, and he was troubled uh, by some of the things that that uh, the Bible prophecy teaches about uh, how things are going to go in the future for the Jewish people. And he said, I don't like it when I hear a Christian talking about Bible prophecy and smiling on their face. And I assured him, I said, listen, this is not anything that's pleasant, but I look at the Bible and I know this, that ultimately God is going to be saving Israel. It's the 70th week of Daniel as the Lord is turning his attention to him. And the time is coming when the Jews are going to look up and they're going to realize that Jesus is their Messiah and he is going to save and he is going to redeem. Listen, I want to, to encourage you, if you have any Jewish friends and they understand this part of the Bible, they've heard these things, it can be troubling to them to think such things. But understand this, uh, try to encourage them. Listen, ultimately the 70th week of Daniel is the time when God turns his attention to Israel again, and his goal is to redeem his people. He's waking up a people, and he's also shaking up the world. He's judging the world for their sins and waking up Israel. But during this time, also, Christians are going to be persecuted. Daniel's attention is on Israel only, but I want to conclude with this section. The final thing is that uh, also Antichrist, not only will he go after Jews, he will go after those who are believers in Christ or turn to Christ during the, uh, uh, during the uh, tribulation period. Antichrist, number two, will attack Christians in the tribulation. Excuse me. Um, is this happening now? Do we see a turning toward the attack of Christians going on in the world right now? Um, I believe that we do. And I'm going to give me just, a, we're almost done here, but just give me a couple more minutes. Uh, consider this. This is just the other day. San Diego strip clubs reopen, but churches are ordered to remain closed. So we're seeing this type of thing happen. And then Damon Duck, one of my favorite commentators, uh, wrote concerning persecution of the church on November 12, which was just, what, two weeks ago, a couple weeks back, uh, Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito, many of you have heard about this, uh, said religious liberty, that be freedom of religion, is fast becoming a disfavored right. Judge Alito's statement was prompted by the fact that the Supreme Court refused to hear two cases brought by churches that were fighting restrictions imposed on their church services. Uh, some governors and officials are imposing more restrictive lockdowns on churches than they are in gambling casinos, uh, strip clubs, which you just saw, moviegoers, etc. Officials in California have ordered Christians at some churches to stop singing. Listen, I'm from California. I'm a pastor at a church in California. As far as I know, every church in California was ordered to stop singing. You know what I told our congregation to do? That first began, I think it was way back in May or something like that. But we still hear it coming into Thanksgiving. You still got to keep our mouth shut. I told our church, listen, this is what we're going to do. We're going to sing louder and louder and louder. Listen, I want to show you what the Bible says about singing to the Lord. I want you to think about this. This is Psalm 148. Listen to this. Praise the Lord with an exclamation mark. Look it up in your own Bible. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him all 
all his angels. Praise him, all hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you stars of light. Praise him, you heavens and hev of heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He also established them forever and ever. He made a decree which shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth. And then he goes on into the sea creatures and everything under the sea, praising the Lord. Old men, young men, women, children, everybody, every single thing, praising the Lord. Beasts and cattle and creeping things and fowl, kings of the earth and all peoples and princes to all and judges. Wow. Praising the Lord. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name is exalted. Praise the Lord. And the Bible just goes on like that. Praise the Lord. Listen, I look at that. And they go, I'm not going to listen. It's absolute foolishness. The governor says you can't even meet in church. You know what God says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25? Do not forsake the assembling together as some have done, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Listen, there are many churches saying, no, nah, we're not going to meet together. Listen, I'm watching what's happening with the coronavirus. The numbers are ridiculously low, and they're promoting them as if they're off the charts big. Listen, I, I read the numbers. This is just insane what is happening. And yet the entire world is capitulating to this thing. Listen, this, this, we've, been, we've been lied to. And God tells us, do not forsake the assembling together as some have done. And all the more as you see the day approaching. We see the day approaching. That verse, I think, is specifically for, the, for today to remind us. We sing repeatedly in the Bible. We are told when we get together, we are to sing. We are to praise the Lord. We are not to forsake the gathering together of, uh, uh, with each other in the name of the Lord. They did it in the Old Testament. We're supposed to be doing it in the New Testament. Not so. Listen, but persecution against Christians, we're watching it heat up in the political world, and there are many churches already capitulating to it. Listen, I do not understand it, but I do know that this is what the Bible warns about. I also know this. Listen, here's the deal. Satan, ultimately, he must know he can't win, but he does have a little bit of hope. He's just hoping, if I can do two things, if I can have a global kingdom where I am king, he's got antichrist in power. I'm going to put my man in there. I want this global kingdom. Hence, you and I see globalism forming. And then the other thing he has to do in order to keep his global kingdom, guess what it is? He has to get rid of the Jews. And he has to sit in the temple and claim that he is God and demand the world worship him. That is why the Bible says all of this is going this way. We can see it. So what does Satan need to do? He, he needs to have a global kingdom. He needs to sit in the temple and he needs to get rid of all the Jews. Hence, you have anti-Semitism. Why does he need to get rid of all the Jews? Because Jesus said in Matthew chapter 23, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blindness in part has happened to Israel. Uh, but it's not going to work out that way. Jesus is coming back. A third of Israel is going to be saved. Zechariah tells us that. And Satan is thinking, man, if I can only kill the Jews, get rid of them, then Jesus doesn't have any Jewish people to return to. His, his words can't be fulfilled. I can prove that God is liar. Not going to work that way. Jesus is returning. But guess what's in the way of all of this happening? The Bible-believing Christian is in the way. The Bible-believing Christian is in the way of globalism. The Bible-believing Christian is the way of Antichrist. The Bible-believing Christian is in the way of Jews being uh, massacred, uh, of anti-Semitism. The Bible-believing Christian. I'm not talking about people who just go to church. I'm talking about people who actually believe what the Bible actually says. And the Christian is in the way. And there's only two things that can possibly happen to eliminate the Christians. Number one is to kill them all. 
Number two is the rapture. I have a feeling the rapture is going to take place. Uh, will there be persecution before the rapture? It is already increasing. They're already trying to silence the voice of the Christians in the Western world. Listen, the voice of the Christian has been silenced in much of the world. But even in China, we're silenced. Uh, I think there's 300 million or 200 million Christians in China. That is a lot of people. They've estimated in the underground church. In Iran, there's people coming to faith in the Lord more than any other country in the world, capita, but in the Western world, silence, especially in America, you got to silence the voice of the Christians. Listen, God works incredible things, and God is going to continue to save His people, even if we go through more persecution uh, before Jesus calls us home. But ultimately, we are the ones that are in the way of the global kingdom coming about and all of these things being fulfilled. But what does the Bible say about this? The Bible does say that Antichrist will persecute Christians. Revelation chapter 13, we're almost done here, says it was granted to him, Antichrist, to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. And here's the patience and the faith of the saints. This is speaking of those who come to faith in Christ during the tribulation period, there's going to be great suffering that is going to take place on them. But why does God allow uh, Christians to suffer? Same reason that uh, he allowed the Jews to suffer in the book of Daniel. Um, in the book of Daniel, uh, when you look at the time of Antiochus, he was, he was purifying uh, his people. Remember that? We read about that in Daniel. He was purifying them. They were going through the fire. They were being tested. Same way with the Christians. Uh, right now, if you're a believer, God is making his bride ready. And then during the tribulation period also, uh, why are people being persecuted because of their faith in Jesus? God is allowing it because he's preparing his people for, uh, to, to bring them home. Listen, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints, uh, the Bible tells us. That doesn't make sense to me, but that is uh, what the Bible teaches. Um, and I do know this, when we are going through hard times, you're, you tend to be a lot closer to the Lord than when you're going through easy times. And you got money in the bank and you don't have coronavirus lockdowns and everything in the government is going your way. Uh, listen, people don't really turn to the Lord. But when you start going through persecution and suffering, that's when people are crying out to the Lord. First Peter teaches that God uses all of our trials to purify us. But what for? Well, one reason uh, is that our faithfulness and genuineness would be proven. And another reason is he is preparing us for that great wedding day. Revelation chapter 19, verse 7, let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. And then it goes on and says in this passage, then he said to me, this the angel says to John, right, blessed are those who are uh, called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. You look at this and you go, man, praise the Lord. Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of, uh, of the Lamb. Uh, here's what we can know. We think of this. Here's what we can know is this, is that persecution purifies. Persecution purifies. Uh, listen, let me close with this illustration, this thought. Um, and it's here. It is from uh, David Helm. And he writes that tribulation, the word tribulation is from a Latin word, tribulum. 
And the tribulum was an ancient farming tool that was used to separate a wheat from the husk. So pieces of wood uh, were lashed together to form a, 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 some type of crude sled, and then the sled would be uh, dragged over the husks of wheat, uh, and the sled would have these sharp uh, stones and jagged pieces of iron that were attached to the underbelly of the shed. So they were dragged over uh, the uh, across the wheat, and the stones and iron, they helped uh, separate the husks from the valuable uh, kernels of grain. Um, and, and you can feel like that sometimes. You go, man, it feels like something's just dragging over me or I'm being torn apart or something like that when you're going through trials. And that is the same idea here. Although again, the word tribulation. Uh, it's from a Latin word, tribulum, and that's what it's doing. It's, uh, David uh, Helm uh, says this, No ancient farmer ever operated his tribulum for the purpose of tearing up his sheaves. The thresher's intentions were far more elevated than that. The farmer only wanted to cull out the precious grain. And as it is with the ancient farmer, so it is with God. So it feels like the tribulation, the persecution, the challenges are tearing us apart. But really, it's getting rid of all the junk. And God wants what's precious that's inside that husk. And so we go through these things. But we know that persecution purifies. Listen, uh, have hope. The wedding day is coming. God is making ready his bride. And you and I, as we look at the days in which we live, there's so much that doesn't make any sense. But we know this, you start putting all of the, these things together, all of the different signs that are developing. And we're going, this is what Jesus told me. He said, watch for these things, because when you see these things begin to happen, what takes place? Look up, for your redemption draws near. Listen, there is great hope in that. And I want to encourage you also, because we were talking about the tribulation the, the, that's coming, the 70th week of Daniel, the reign of Antichrist is still coming, and the, and, and the persecution that's going to fall on the world. And you might be thinking, that doesn't sound so pleasant to me. Listen, it ain't going to be pleasant. But the Bible tells us that there's hope for anyone who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. Just as Zechariah said, there's a third of the Jews that are going to be saved from that. Listen, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus himself said, I will in no way cast out anyone who comes to me, anyone who asks Jesus to forgive them of their sins. Listen, if you want to know that you are forgiven, if you want to know that your hope is in heaven and not in this earth and the things that are coming to this earth, then ask Christ to forgive you of your sins and repent of your sins. What does repent means? Repent means to make a U-turn, to turn from your sin and surrender to the Lord. Listen, if you want to do that, then pray this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner. And right now I ask that you forgive me of my sin. I repent of my sin and unbelief, and I surrender to you as Lord. I thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that and you meant it, you can know that you are forgiven. And if you did pray that, send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me on my website, hopeforourtimes.com. It says contact. Click on that, and I'll get the email. Until next time, God bless. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. 
God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.